2: Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we continue our super week coverage, leading you up to the big weekend here on VSIN with all of the free coverage available on vsin.com. Leading up, ultimately, to the sixth annual BetCast during the big game on Sunday. First, before we get into all the football, I'd be remiss if I didn't update what's been going on in the NBA. Because it seems like every night this week, I'm coming in here with a smile on my face because of the trend of favorites, the run that they've been on since the weekend. We started on Saturday, and now we are at Thursday. The past six days, NBA favorites thirty-seven and five straight up. Thirty-four, six and two against the spread after favorites went six and one here on Thursday. The only upset the Knicks as a nine and a half point underdog a plus 375 on the money line actually beat the warriors outright 116-114 the wizards beat the nets just by one and that actually was a push of the spread so favorites went 5-1 one and 1 ATS but 6 and 1 straight up as the run continues And if you've been following, you've built up a nice bankroll as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Let's see if the trend will continue, though, on Friday and see if we can identify some favorites that (laughs) we're going to keep telling. Again, the favorites that I played, I didn't even play the Warriors because, I don't know, I had just a bad feeling. But I was all over the Grizzlies because you guys know if you've listened to the show before you watch the show how much I am into this Grizzlies team. So I was all about the Grizzlies and I had them in the first half minus seven. They covered that easily. I had them for the game and they covered that easily. So I was on the Wizard. I was on the, uh, the Grizzlies. I was on the Miami Heat as a four point favorite. I will bet a future on the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference. I don't know what I'm waiting for. And I probably shouldn't wait any longer because I'm going to lose these odds. Especially now with the, uh, or maybe not actually. Because of the trades that went down here in the NBA, there's probably, yeah, the Miami Heat now dropped to plus 600. So actually, I'm getting the better of the number now. Plus 600 to win the Eastern Conference. The Nets are still your favorite at plus 190. The Bucks are plus 300. And the Sixers are plus 300 as well, tied with the Bucs for the second favorite. The trade deadline coming and going here on Thursday, the Bucks pick up Serge Ibaka, big, big pickup for them, and the Sixers, of course, the big trade with the Brooklyn Nets to acquire James Harden. Honestly, I think this is a great deal for the Brooklyn Nets. It is addition by subtraction. In my opinion, James Harden is not a championship player. He'll put up fancy numbers, but time and time again, his teams come up short when it matters the most. And the common denominator seems to be James Harden. Whether it's a lack of effort on defense, whether it's just lazy play, he's not interested, whatever the excuse is, This is a guy now that was not happy in Houston. Gained a ton of weight and forced his way out. Now he's not happy in Brooklyn. And he's got a hamstring injury. Forces his way out. Wants to reunite with Daryl Morey. Okay. The Nets pick up Ben Simmons, who I think will be motivated to play. This is a guy who is as talented as they come. They get Seth Curry as well, who is a really nice player, a really nice player. Andre Drummond is like a throw-in, but to to, to be honest with you, he could provide some valuable minutes and two first-round picks. This to me, the Nets got the better of this deal by far. And like I said, it's addition. By subtraction. And so you look at the odds now, the Nets are still plus 190 to win the Eastern Conference. They're going to have to hang on here with just Kyrie Irving on the road. And I don't know if things are going to change. Uh, we've seen masks, mask mandates have been lifted uh, here in Nevada, in California, it's coming. Uh, New York City, there could be a, a rescinding of the vaccination mandate. And so Kyrie Irving could find himself playing at home in Brooklyn. And then that changes things for this Nets team. But they've lost 10 straight games. They they are beyond broken right now. And I actually think they looked okay tonight against the Wizards. You know, Kyrie scored 31 points. They got a, you know, good effort from Cam Thomas. And Blake Griffin scored 15. This team is only going to get better now. With the subtraction of James Harden. You're gonna have now Seth Curry putting in some good minutes, getting some good points, some valuable three points, three point shots. When Joe Harris comes back, this team is getting another big boost uh from the three point range. So yeah, I think this is a net, and of course when Kevin Durant comes back, but this is a Nets team that did got the best of this trade. But in terms of winning the Eastern Conference, the fact that the Heat are now plus 600, I'm happy because that's the future that I'm going to place. Love the way this Heat team is playing. Uh, Let's take a look at what's going down here on Friday. You have a decent-sized schedule. Not a lot of lines are out just yet. Only lines available, I believe, on three of the games. Uh, Let me check this right now. You got the Hornets at the Pistons, and the Hornets are laying six and a half. Detroit's just bad. No other way around it. Philly is a 12-point favorite at home against the Thunder. And then you have the Hawks as an 8-point favorite at home against the Spurs. Still no lines out for the rest of the games. That's Cavs at the Pacers, Nuggets at the Celtics, Timberwolves at the Bulls, and Magic at the Jazz. Uh, Those are the games we are awaiting the spreads to open up. We'll update update you uh, as uh, we progress here. On the show, but uh, the NBA favorites continuing to dominate again, the numbers over the last six days. NBA favorites are 37 and five straight up. And they are 34, six and two against the spread. Just an incredible run for favorites in the NBA. In the NHL, favorites went 5-2 on Thursday. The upsets were the Devils as a plus-210 underdog, beating the Blues 7-4. And the Flames, who were a plus-119 underdog, beating the Maple Leafs. All the other uh, five other favorites, uh, just one. It was Blue Jackets over the Sabres. uh, Hurricanes 6-0 over the Bruins. Penguins 2-0 over the Senators. Capitals 5-0 over the Canadiens. And uh, the Avalanche 3-2 over the lightning. And with the capitals beating the Canadians and the Penguins beating the senators, now on the season, NHL road favorites of minus 200 or greater are 42 and eight straight up. 42 and eight straight up NBA favorite, uh, excuse me, NHL favorites on the road, Minus 200 or more. And that applied to the Penguins over the Senators on Thursday and the Capitals over the Canadiens. Both of those teams won. On Friday, there is one team that is a heavy road favorite, and it's the Tampa Bay Lightning, fresh off of a loss in Colorado, will travel south to Arizona to take on the Coyotes. The Lightning are minus 300. So... Find a parlay piece uh, or take them on the puck line. That would probably be the recommendation. Lightning on the puck line, especially with Arizona coming off of a win. So don't see Arizona winning two straight games. Although they did win two straight, uh, I believe, one point this season. They did win two straight games. I just don't see it. I don't see the Lightning losing two straight. So that would be the way that I would look for uh, your Friday NHL slate. And then, of course, we have... Olympic hockey, Friday night is going to feature um, Team USA against, right? Team USA against Canada. Canada is minus 240. I think the play in this game is Team USA plus a goal and a half at minus 145. I think it'll be a close game. These two teams will will play a close uh I think possibly low scoring game and I'll take plus a goal and a half on Team USA at minus 145. That's at 11:10 uh, p.m. Eastern time on Friday night. So uh you know, go out, enjoy yourself on a Friday evening and watch Team USA take on Canada in the men's Olympic hockey. Uh the US women they're winning. They uh they play in the um in the qu- uh, semifinals would be coming up uh in a, uh not tomorrow but the next day. Uh, you got Canada against Sweden at minus seven and a half goals coming up on Friday morning. Is that just absurd? Minus seven and a half goals for Team Canada against Sweden at eight ten a.m. Eastern time. On Friday morning. Absolutely wild. Let's get into the Super Bowl. Super week continues here on the look ahead on Decent.
3: Those are the most obvious. But let's say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen
1: to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. Zen,
0: the
2: Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. So you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zin. So head on over to zyncom find to locate a store near you. That's slash find. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the Look Ahead here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. Joining me now is the host of the Betting Exchange on MSG. She is Katie Mox, making her uh, Look Ahead debut here on the Sports Betting Network. Katie, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes here.
4: Oh, Scott, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It's Uh, my first time in the season, so I'm super excited.
2: There you go. Before we get into the Super Bowl, uh, the Knicks, nine and a half underdogs winning outright. I didn't see that coming. I didn't bet that. Uh, This is ridiculous now.
4: (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. First of all, I'm a Bay Area native, so I bleed anything from the Bay Area. I absolutely took the Warriors minus the nine. So I got killed tonight, although I did also take Steph Curry over 21 and a half. That cashed, but oh my goodness. And then Clay Thompson just missing right there to to win the game or get in overtime. Like pain, just pain. (laughs)
2: I'll tell you what, I had Warriors minus five in the first half. And when Julius Randle made those two free throws, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Now, I pushed, but it—it it, yeah. it, a push is a better better than a loss, obviously, but it did take yes. money out of my pocket. So thanks, Julius. Uh, appreciate yeah, that.
4: Yeah, Julius Randle just <laughs> decided to play tonight. You never know when he's going to show up, but boy, did he tonight.
2: They are an infuriating team. I know. I've been a fan a long, <laughs> long time. Uh, Let's talk about the Super Bowl Uh, when it comes to side total or props. Where will you have the bulk of your investments on Super Bowl Sunday?
4: So I actually love the Rams on the spread minus the four and a half. Uh, I know a lot of people think that the Rams are going to win this game. A lot of big money line betters. A lot of people want to give Joe Burrow and these Bengals the points and I get it. I mean who's cooler than Joe cool. I mean the guy's been sacked 50 times this season. The only player in the NFL to be sacked that many times and then still make it to the Super Bowl. And he's had all these incredible kind of comeback wins are really a second uh, a second half team. But they're up against a different pass rush here. And obviously, when you look at the Rams, I mean, they're just so good up front. And really, the underdog has never covered a point spread without winning on yeah. a Super Bowl thing of less than six points. So a little too juicy for me to go Rams money line. I think they cover this four and a half. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm actually not playing that the the point spread. Well, maybe I will. I haven't decided yet, but I don't have it in yet. I'm on the total in this game. I think we get a high-scoring game, and I'm playing the over 48-and-a-half, and I just look at both of these teams, and it might start slow because Super Bowls tend to start slow, but I yeah. do believe that we get a situation, and I don't know if it, if it like just barely hits and it's a 29-20 type of game, but I think we're going to get a game that's played at least into the 20s, and maybe yeah. there's a team that touches 30 here. What do you say about the total?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I, don't know yet. I haven't done anything on it yet. I love I love the under when it was at 51 and a half, and I'm kicking myself <laughs> for not getting it then. Obviously, sharp money came in on that, and we saw that drop to 49 and a half. We do know that the public loves to bet over, so I'm hoping that that ticks up a little bit more, maybe to the 49 and a half. I may play the under in that one. What I'm worried about, I'm just worried that what, what are the Bengals going to be able to do? Obviously, everyone is talking about that Ramsey chase standoff, and sure, But if they can't stop these Rams up front and Aaron Donald, I don't really know how much of these matchups in the backfield are going to actually matter. So uh, I haven't played anything yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on the under, but unless it ticks up, I'm not taking it.
2: Well, speaking of that pass rush, it coincides with one of the prop bets that I've placed. And that is Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. And I looked at the, the, the adjustment that he made Katie from, That Titans game where he was sacked nine times and then the Chiefs game where he was only sacked once and he utilized his legs to avoid sacks and rushed for a bunch of yards. That adjustment to me is something that I think I'm going to take advantage of because I think that he knows that he's going to have to help his offensive line out here and utilize his athleticism in obviously a do or die game.
4: Yeah, I actually love that. I mean, they call him Joe Burr for a reason. The guy's got, you know, ice-cold veins in him. And, yeah, I mean, he makes those adjustments, and he's a killer, and he'll go. If he has no one to go to, he's going to go for it. So I actually love that prop as well.
2: And if you think the Rams are going to win, like I do, They could be losing at the end of the game, passing, and, you know, whenever that team's doing that in the final two minutes, the quarterback takes off, gets the five, six yards, gets out of bounds. You know, they hold the ball out to get the extra yard and just pick up a chunk play. That's where I think we could possibly backdoor this thing if we don't get it earlier in the game. Is there one prop bet that you have already hammered down? You put your money in already. You know you're on that prop.
4: Yes, and I feel like this is probably an unpopular one, but I like Joe Mixon under three and a half receptions. I locked that in at plus money It was at plus 105. Again, everybody's talking about burrow to chase and it makes total sense. Um, however, Joe Mixon I feel like is really the backbone of this offense and the average for 75.3 yards per game, 16 touchdowns this season, one touchdown in the postseason. But in the postseason, he really became this dual threat. I mean, he copped 13 of 15 passes, and uh, he's been really great that way. But again, with this Rams defense, I think they're going to go back to the basics. He's going to be running the ball more. I don't think he's going to be used as much as a dual threat. So I like him under this three-and-a-half receptions.
2: I actually took Samaje Pirine on his reception total over one-and-a-half because if Mixon is running the ball a lot, Pirine's that passing Uh, he's the guy that comes in in the passing situations uh, and we all saw the 41 yard touchdown he had against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think they find a way to get him the football in passing situation. Plus with these coaches so familiar with each other, they're going to want to do something that throws the other team off of their game. And so if P Ryan comes in you know, maybe everyone just thinks it's, you know, not a, a play that's going to him because he's not a big time player. So you catch him off guard, you dump it off to him, and you, and you see what he can do. So I like P. Ryan. Another one that I like on the Rams side, see if you oh, agree yeah. with me. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. over his receiving total. I know yeah. that there's going to be a lot of focus on Cooper Cup, but Odell Beckham Jr. from the playoffs and the regular season with the Rams, he averages about 12 and a half yards per reception. And I think he absolutely eclipses this total.
4: I, I agree with you 100%. I also like him for an anytime. You know what I mean? I mean oh, I yeah. I'm playing yeah, him so. for
2: first touchdown. Come on. Who are we getting?
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> last week, too, I probably was- Kicking myself because I thought, OBJ is going to have the first touchdown. I didn't play it, and then, lo and behold, (laughs) OBJ has the first touchdown. Always happens like that. You know what else? I like I like Stafford over 35-and-a-half passing attempts. Career passing attempts, he averages about 37.5. It has dropped down a little bit this season, just slightly below that mark at 35.4, but he's fit over this prop, 55% of the games this season, and we know McVay wants to throw the ball. And if this does get into a shootout, if the over is happening, like you think, then we all know that Tom Brady, excuse me, that Joe Burrow, I don't like to to compare him to Tom Brady, but just like Tom Brady can win a game all by himself. Joe Burrow has proven that he could win a game all by himself, which means that Stafford's going to have to throw the ball. And there's some similarities there. He had 38 pass attempts versus the Bucks and 45 versus the Niners. So this 35.5 seems a little bit low to me. I like that over.
2: Yeah, I like that as well. It's a good call there. What about the kicking props? Everyone is in love with Evan McPherson uh, over under one and a half field goal attempts.
4: I'm going to go over field goal attempts because I don't know how many touchdowns they're going to get.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they they're... might stall out in the red zone. What about longest field goal in the game? Uh, over, under 47 and a half.
4: Ooh, over, under, well, okay, so there's no inclement weather. It is it is a dome. I mean, it's got the retractable roof there, so they're going to have some time. Let's let's go over. You don't like to root for unders in those ones. I'm going to go over just because I think
2: all the confidence they have in McPherson, and I think that they're going to play this game rather cautiously. And I don't think Zach Taylor is going to go for it on a fourth and three from the 35. He'll just take the points, give yourself a long field goal or something like that. Uh, If there was one novelty prop that you like that you want to play, what's going to be?
4: So I always like to do the Gatorade. I like to look at the Gatorade and I, the reason I like that I'm picking blue, I'm picking blue, which is three to one odds. And the reason I'm doing that is okay. I think the Rams are going to win, right? We both think the Rams are going to win. Their colors are blue. (laughs) They're in their home stadium. No one loves themselves as much as the Rams do. So I just picture blue confetti falling from the, you know, the ceiling, blue Gatorade being dumped on. Everything is blue. Everyone's happy. Let's go. blue.
2: Can I talk you into yellow? For the same you reasons
4: try. you could try <laughs> for the
2: same reasons that maybe we'll have some lemon lime cater some yellow Gatorade that is being poured on Uh real quick, about 10 seconds or so. Yes. Two point conversion or no two point conversion.
4: Yes. Two point conversion. I think big Bay loves to go for those things. And again, if it's going to be a close game, we're going to see that for sure.
2: Katie Mox from MSG. Thank you so much for giving us a couple of minutes here and good luck on Sunday.
4: Good luck to you as well. Thanks for having
2: me. There she is, Katie Mox, the betting exchange on MSG Networks. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. We will continue the Super Bowl coverage coming up next right here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join our own Stormy Antonio on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the Big Game Betting and Beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Mayulo, for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game, plus stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th. That's tomorrow. Or tonight. 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde L specials on Budweiser. Purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books and learn from these bookmaking experts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. When it comes to the prop market, I have a very diverse portfolio. I'd say it's strong to quite strong, Greg. Uh and when I look at <laughs> all of the action, I almost gotta like settle down a little bit. But you know what? It's the it's the Super Bowl. It's the, it's the big game, it's the last game of the year. Why not have some fun? Uh, but a lot of these have to do with the way that I envision the game to play out. I believe the Rams win. I also believe the game is higher scoring. Like it goes over the posted total. So in that case, yeah, I'm going to have a couple of anytime touchdown scorer props. Nothing big on those. But I do think there will be opportunities for players to exceed their yardage or their reception total. Uh, for instance, Odell Beckham Jr. I think he gets over his 63 and a half yards. We're talking about a guy who last in the championship game was absolutely tremendous. For this Rams team, and you could have made the argument if Cooper Cup didn't have his, you know, long reception and and he didn't have the the touchdowns. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. was the most important part of that game, at least in the first half. He was nine catches, 113 yards on 11 targets, and throughout the entire season since he came to the Rams. He averages, we're talking in the playoffs, 12.4 yards per reception. And it's actually been a little bit higher since he came to the Rams. He's had games of 81 yards on five catches. He's had games of 77 yards on six catches. And yeah, a couple of modest ones, 39 yards, 37 yards, 28 yards. The touchdowns have been there. He scored five touchdowns in the regular season, one in the playoffs. But with all the attention on Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to receive one-on-one coverage on the outside. Cooper Cup. Gets motioned throughout the line of scrimmage. He lines up on the outside. He lines up in the slot. And you always have to game plan for what he's going to do. So there's going to be a safety at some point rolling over to Cooper Cup's side. Or you have a linebacker take him for a little bit of the route and then pass him off to Uh, a cornerback if there's a zone coverage type of thing, but you are game planning for where Cooper Cup is. He is that dynamic of a player. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham Jr. is always on the outside. And with that, he's lined up one-on-one with a cornerback. And I'm sorry, there's not many cornerbacks that Odell Beckham Jr. can't beat one-on-one. And there's no one on the Bengals that he can't beat one-on-one. And so when it comes to these, the stop routes, when it comes to the out routes to the sidelines where he's so good, Matthew Stafford's going to have a lot of opportunities to throw to Odell Beckham Jr. And I wouldn't be surprised if he actually exceeds this number in the first half. Because that's how often I think Stafford's going to go to him early. They, believe it or not, they still haven't figured out how to use him. Like, he's got so much more ability in him. They're just scratching at the surface of what Odell Beckham Jr. can bring to this team. And you've seen it. In the playoffs, you saw it against Tampa, six catches for 69 yards. You saw it in the first half against San Francisco, the nine catches for 113 yards. And you will see it here against the Bengals. Odell Beckham Jr. will have a really, really good game. I like Odell for over his receiving yards. I like him for over his receptions at, what, five and a half? I like him for any time touchdown. Odell's going to be a big part of this Rams offense. A big part of this Rams offense. So that's one that I think, when it comes to how the game's going to play out, a prop bet that I am hammering in on. The other one is on the other side of the ball. And that's T. Higgins. Or the other side of the field, I should say, with the Bengals. Kind of a similar thought process with the amount of attention that is paid to Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is a guy who this season has only uh, a few less receptions than the number one receiver on this team in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase this year, in 17 games played, had 81 receptions. It's a great season. It's a great season. That's why he's Offensive Rookie of the Year. T. Higgins played in 14 games. That's three less games than Jamar Chase. T. Higgins had 74 catches on the year. We're talking seven less catches in three less games. This guy is just as deadly of a weapon as Jamar Chase can be. And with all the attention on Jamar Chase, with attention on Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins is going to get his. He's gonna get his. He's gonna, he's gonna eat. Especially if Ramsey is locking up Jamar Chase, or if they move Jamar Chase and Ramsey stays on one side and it's Ramsey on Boyd. Better watch out. T. Higgins, five and a half receptions. I think he goes over. Against Kansas City six catches on 10 targets for 103 yards against the Titans, seven catches on nine targets for 96 yards. And then also, let's just look at the games in which they have lost this year. Because again, you have to adjust your props based on how you think the game plays out. I think the Rams win this game. I think that the Bengals will have the ball and they will be trailing, forcing them to throw and catch up. Well, last time they were trailing by a big number was the game against the Chargers. They lost 41-22. In that game, T. Higgins had nine catches on 14 targets for 138 yards. There was also a game that they were trailing believe it or not, against the New York Jets had to fight and come back. T. Higgins had four catches for 97 yards. How about the game they were trailing against Cleveland where they lost 41-16? Higgins had six catches for 78 yards. This is a guy that finds the ball when they're trailing and they're passing a lot. The attention goes to Jamar Chase because we know how deadly he is. But T. Higgins will have opportunities. He will have opportunities over the middle where the Rams are more exposed. And I think this guy gets six catches in this game. So I like T. Higgins over five and a half receptions for the, for the Bengals. Might take a look at his yardage prop as well. Might. I said might. Don't know yet but I might. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up next, we will be joined in studio by James Alberino, handicapper. You follow on Twitter at spread investor. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, all the prop bets. Plus got to get James's thoughts on the NBA trade deadline, because no one's as locked into the NBA as James is. This is the look ahead here on v Sin the sports betting network.
0: Check
3: out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you
1: get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on v the sports betting network.
2: You know that v is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network, joined in studio by James Alberino, Andy Capper, who you follow on Twitter, at Spread Investor. And, and James, how, how much have you jumped into the prop market for this Super Bowl? Because there's a plethora of them we know.
0: And, yeah. and now with more and more books opening by the week, pretty much, you're just getting different numbers. You're getting different options at every single book. If you have a good feel of really any portion of the game, there, there's there's different options that you could look at really anywhere. You could break the game down to first quarter passing props if you want to play the over-under. If you're anticipating a slow start, you know, you could look at uh, the unders on passing props. But um, – yeah, there's a couple of different options, a couple that that we agree on, and I mm-hmm. think two receivers in particular will will be good to look at. That uh, one of them, at least, I agree with you on, and and that's Odell and and T Higgins.
2: Yeah, when it comes, so you said maybe it starts out slow. How do you how do you envision this game? Play? Well, I
0: don't particularly think it'll start out slow. Okay. Most Super Bowls do.
2: Well, but yeah, we it, know that it, it, Tom Brady hadn't hadn't scored a first quarter touchdown until
0: you know the last Super Bowl. Whatever. It, and and if you have that angle you, you can play you, you can play derivatives so far beyond just the first quarter under and get you know specific with players but um, probably this first quarter I, I like the Bengals early in the game if they try to keep the ball away from the Rams hmm. and just I know throughout the regular season they played a lot of comebacks but if just the pressure of being in L.A. And I think it's a different environment, the Rams playing in L.A., as opposed to Tampa Bay, what they did last year in Tampa Bay. It's a different environment, It's different different circumstances. So, uh, lean to the Bengals early in the game, first half.
2: Do you think the Bengals come out attacking? Like, you know, instead of or, – or do they play a slow, methodical – Ball control, try to keep ball the control. ball away
0: from the Rams, you know – you spoke about it where, where the Bengals, a lot of short passing game. If they can do that, keep the clock ticking, mm-hmm. try to shorten the game early and, and use their offense part as defense by keeping Stafford off the field. Looking at Bengals first half plus three.
2: And listen, the more that that defense for the Rams is on the field, the more tired they'll be in the fourth quarter, and that's when the pass rush will be less effective in the fourth quarter for the uh, for the Rams. Any uh, play on the total yet, 48-and-a-half?
0: Oh, the total looks a little low, and you, you hate really jumping to the over in the Super Bowl, but I, I can't see the Rams struggling in this game to score much. And you know, if the game starts out a little bit slow, this will pick up as the game goes on. And there's always home run threats with Joe Burrow and Stafford on the field. And 48-and-a-half, this will probably – creep up to 49, 49 and a half as the weekend goes on.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think that there's, you know that there's going to be a deep shot down the field more than once. And when we see Stafford load up, he's got the big arm. He's definitely going to take a chance. And then Burrow's not afraid of anything right now. Uh, One of the prop bets that I've uh, played that I actually really like in this game is uh, over 47 and a half longest field goal made. Uh, I think that with the confidence that certainly we know that the Bengals have in McPherson uh, and also... The conservative nature that this game might bring. If there's a situation from the, you know, 30, 35 yard line, 34 yard line, and it's a fourth and three, I don't think these guys are going to be aggressive. You know, Brandon Staley's not coaching in this game. You know, I think that these guys might take the points, especially Zach Taylor, knowing that he's got a kicker that he trusts from 50 plus. So I think that if we get to a situation where the Bengals stall out, you know, between the forty and the thirty, they're going to send McPherson out there for a forty-nine, fifty-three yard field goal.
0: Yeah, um, and that kid has no shortage of confidence. <laughs> no, no um, way. Forty-seven. I don't. I don't love the number. I lo- I like the angle. Uh-huh. The The number is high though for forty-seven and a half. I think it could be a little bit coin flippy. What
2: about over one and a half field goals for McPherson?
0: I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like over one and a half field goals. I think. Um, I think there will be situations where they do move the ball but but they get stopped in the red zone and, mm-hmm. um yeah I, I like that for one and a half
2: i've also played joe burrow over rushing yards over 11 one. and a half rushing
0: yeah yards. yeah um do you remember what his rushing yards was in the conference championship he had 25 but he actually yeah. had
2: more than that he lost yards but yeah
0: yeah um and i think it's even lower than 11 and a half at some books but that yeah, there's going to be he, he's going to be getting rushed up the middle. He's going to be forced to scramble outside. He's going to be getting pressure when, when Von Miller's running from the outside mm-hmm. off the edge. There's going to be seams up the middle that that Joe Burrow's going to at least look at and, and think about um, low numbers like that. Like I love the I love the QB rushing yards over props, and I love the running back receiving yards props because you always get. An attainable? Number. you always get a number in the teens, more likely. Most mm-hmm. likely, and you're always a play or two away from from hitting it. One play. I mean, if with with Burrow, if, if that's 11 and
2: a half, we're talking about if he takes off and runs for one first down, mm-hmm. he can get 12 yards on one carry, and that's it, and it's over with. You just hope that it's not a situation like Mahomes a couple years ago with the knees and stuff. Well, and I, if you like I, the Rams, then it, like makes the Rams, the, it makes it so, makes the Burrow yes. over rushing yards. <laughs> uh, you mentioned running backs. Um, I'm actually going to take a flyer on. Not Joe Mixon, but Samajic P. Ryan. Over-receiving? Over-receiving. 43
0: in the AFC chip.
2: Well, he had the 41-yard touchdown. We know mm-hmm. that. But I, I think that it's his numbers at, like, nine and a half yards. Yeah. You know, it's just that's one catch. That's all he needs. So. He'll, he'll get it. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to play over his one and a half receptions.
0: That has to be juiced to the over. Right? Everything's juiced. He had, four tar- he had four targets, I know, last week. Three receptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Have you uh have you jumped on board with the no touchback opening kickoff?
0: I was looking at no touchback. It, yeah. This thing
2: it was plus money and now it's, it's minus like, one ten. Yeah. I
0: saw minus one fifteens.
2: Yep. Uh do you know the numbers behind that? Twenty-six of the last twenty-eight Super Bowls, no touchback. No
0: touchback. Yeah. Wow.
2: And we we know it's been it's it's uh Pat McAfee last year or two years ago broke the news, told everybody what happens is that basically the kickers don't get the footballs or that football you know how the kickers get the k balls right. they can they can you know right. you know smash them and whatever and and, and soften them up they so don't the get... kick
0: is not going as far as Kick's in not the regular going as far. season ball is not going use... as
2: far because they get the, the 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 ball that's used for the opening kickoff the kicker doesn't touch it until the opening kickoff and then as soon as the kickoff's done the ball gets taken out of the game and goes to the hall of Fame. interesting
0: see i would have thought that it was the whoever's returning the kick that, Just their that pure excitement. They're amped up. They're amped they up. don't the want, Super Bowl. A they want to make a play. take a knee in the yes. end zone. Yes. How was that? Because that's been circulated around podcasts for four five, six years. Obviously not the McAfee explanation, yeah. but there's been conversations about no touchback for years. Yep. This is nothing new. How did that open up plus money? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It was... Yeah, oh, I, That's was this when there's 1,700 props for one I know.
2: Game. Earlier this it's... week, it, you could have gotten it at pretty good, like plus 140 way, here at man, Circa. If
0: you're getting that under 120... It's...
2: And then now it's minus 115. So, yeah. that thing... <laughs> it's. I'm going to place that. I I am going to chase some plus money on some props, though, because I love me some plus money. So, I'm going to go with, yes, there will be a successful two-point conversion mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, I think that... Obviously, the way that the game has changed now over the years, more teams are going for it. We just saw in the playoffs, the Titans, they had a penalty on the touchdown. They elected to enforce the penalty on the try, moving the extra point to the one-yard line instead of assessing the penalty on the kickoff. Mm -hmm. They tried for the two-point conversion. They didn't get it. Derrick Henry got stopped. But I think that there's always that scenario, and there's always the scenario where the analytics come into play where one of these coaches says, hey, this is the right time to go Mm -hmm. for two. Plus, the field goal angle comes into play. This We might get a 14-6 score at some point, and a team scores a touchdown and says, hey, let's go for two and tie the game going into the half. So I'm going, yes, two-point conversion.
0: I like that. And uh, some fun props. First sack in the game. Obviously, a lot of plus monies in there. First touchdown is always the, the fun one to play. First sack. Wow, Especially... I never thought about that. So, you could bet up you which could player on has the first set. Who sack. has the first set? Von Miller, Aaron Donald. Wow. Hall, Hill, Hubbard. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just from an entertainment standpoint, that is like if you see Joe Burrow dropping back and Stafford dropping back, it could happen at any point. That, I, I, have to, I haven't played it in the Super Bowl yet, but that's something that I have to play this year. Just wow. I'm
2: going like to try and search for that. Yeah. I'm going to see if we can find that. Uh, he's James Avery. James does have it. Who has it? DraftKings does have. It. Okay, all right. He's James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. Coming up next, uh, we got to get into the NBA trade deadline crazy because day. Uh, it was a crazy day here. We all know about the Harden trade, uh, but how is it going to affect this weekend in particular when it comes to betting the NBA? I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. S C O T T S O N A I R. This is the Look Ahead right here on Sim. It's the Sports Betting Network.